your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 575 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And very special treat for you guys here today. The Rangers obviously just closed down the Ottawa Senators 5-1 to one in one of their most complete performances of the season. And in just a second, I'm going to be joined by Mr. Ross Leviton from Locked On Ottawa Senators, just kind of breaking down everything that happened in this game, uh, talking about you know some of the big picture stuff as it pertains to both the Rangers and the Ottawa Senators, talking about the trade deadline, and uh, even some general Stanley Cup playoff talk as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and play uh, part one of our conversation with Ross Leviton of Locked On Ottawa Senators. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Senator fans. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined here by Ross Leviton of Locked On Ottawa Senators. And obviously the Rangers just got a fairly convincing 5-1 to one win in Madison Square Garden. And uh, with that, Ross, you know, I'll kind of toss it to you here, just your general thoughts on what was uh, obviously... Uh, a much more one-sided affair than the last time these two teams played each other. Yeah, certainly. A uh, fun fact: the Senators are 0-6 and 0 against the New York Islanders and New York Rangers. So I don't know what's in the water there in New York, but something's gone wrong. Those are the only two teams that they're 0-3 and 0 against this year. But it was just a complete stinker. You know what I compared it to? Remember that 2017 playoff series? Obviously, super entertaining for a Sens fan for the Pajot four-goal game, all that. You win the series at MSG, but games three and four. We're both 4-1 Ranger wins where the Senators really didn't get anything going. And this one kind of reminded me of that. Ottawa scored first, and then the wheels just fell off. Without Anton Forsberg, that might have been 8 eight or 9-1. It was, you know, just, that, it was a um, tough one. I, I definitely agree with you. Forsberg was great in this game despite, you know, giving up, you know, five goals in the end. Um, but, you know, that playoff series that you just mentioned there, not to rehash any bad memories for Ranger fans, but I remember those games you were talking about, games three and four, and the Rangers basically just cruised. Uh, the Senators at the end of game four seemed to be kind of flustered. There were some extracurriculars. There is nothing anyone could have told me at that point that I would have believed that the Rangers weren't going to go on to win that series. But, you know, props to your team. They obviously regrouped. And uh, Well, game was five was crazy. Game. game five was back and forth. Yes. I think there was like four or five lead changes in that one. It went to overtime as well, but... I, yeah, that was just a wild series back and forth. I th- think the Rangers were up 3-1 in Game 5, if I'm not mistaken. I, they, I think that's right, and I think in Game 5, the Rangers scored in overtime, but they immediately they did high it stick. off because there was a high stick. And, 100%. Um, I, I don't remember what I was doing, but I was driving somewhere, and I had that game on the radio. I actually could not watch that one live, you know, just some other commitment. And I remember, like, I just went, yeah, like, I was so excited, and then immediately it's getting waved off, and I'm just like, oh, my God, there we go, you know. You might but, remember uh, it as the Chris Neal Tanner Glass game as well, where the Sens put Nealer in. He just went straight for Tanner Glass and right to the penalty box. I think he played yeah. 10 seconds that whole game. <laughs> he, he was a hard-nosed player for sure. But, uh, you know, getting back to this game here tonight and just the Senators in general, I, I wanted to ask you, man, like, obviously, you know, Senators 
not going to be going to the postseason this season, but the the regular season's winding down a little bit here. And I'm just wondering, man, you know, obviously this was not them putting their best foot forward tonight, but what do you want to see from this team, you know, the last handful of games here? What will kind of make you feel good as a Senators fan um, going into next season? Is there anything that they can do, you know, these last few games here that, that you'll be feeling like this could be a playoff team next year? Yeah, for sure. I think right now you're just looking at all the youth and I'll be, I mean, th- this would not have made a difference tonight, but of course you want to see the the injured guys get back in the lineup. Drake Batherson's just out with, the, with an illness right now. He's a super fun player. He's the only Senators over a point per game and he missed some time this year because of a greasy hit from Aaron Dell, a goalie of all people, like shouldered him, high ankle sprain, misses 20 games, misses his first all-star opportunity. And then Tim Stutzla took a greasy knee on knee against Montreal where they call him a diver on it. And Rangers fans are probably listening to this. Yeah, he is a diver. He did get called for embellishment against the Rangers earlier this year. I think he drew three penalties in that game. And uh, so there are times certainly where he'll sell a call. But if you saw the replay on this, it said knee on knee. Like that's one of the most dangerous plays in hockey. Gallagher tells him that he lays on the ice too often. And he did stay in the, on the power play. So I could see why the opponent would be upset about that. But if you know anything about a knee, like as long as it's not torn or, or that, the swelling comes in after the game and he's now missed two straight games. So after being told that he embellished something, he's now out of the lineup for a couple of games. Sucks for the league, sucks for Ottawa because he has 16 points his last 16 games. He's really been coming on strong as a 20-year-old. So that, to my point, is more that you want to see those kids. Josh Norris has been an incredible story this year as well. So just these individual stories, like Brady Kachuk's at 53 points right now. Can he hit 60? It's just these personal milestones that would make you feel good going into next season. And then the the gem of the Sens prospect pool, and when you're in year five of a rebuild, I guess four, because the first one, you don't call it a rebuild then, you just call it the wheels falling off. Yeah. Uh, Jake Sanderson signed with the team, but the Sens luck this year, he's hurt. So he, he dove across his crease in the last game with North Dakota to try to stop a goal in the final minute, and somebody stepped on his hand. So he had to get a big surgery done to get a cut. So he's still skating with Ottawa right now, but if he could get into a game or two at the end of the end of the season, that's something you're looking forward to. Tomorrow night, the Sens kind of goalie of the future, per se, is getting his second start. He beat Detroit in his first one. We call him the Great Dane, Mad Sogar, big Danish goalie. He's like six foot eight, so covers a ton of net. So just these little um, breadcrumbs of the future yeah. uh, is all we have to really root for right now. And I'm going back home. Obviously, I'm born and raised in Ottawa, but I've been living out uh, out of town for the last few years. I'm going back for the last three home games. So those are must-win games, John. I don't care about the draft lottery. Those are must-win games. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I mean, look, the the draft lottery can shake out any which way, right? But to me, it's more important to kind of, you know, establish a winning culture at the end of the season and, you know, have these guys feeling good when the year ends. And hopefully you can build on that at the start of next season. And I kind of relate to what you're going through right now, Ross, because toward the end of last season, you know, the Rangers, they had everything that happened with Tom Wilson. I think that was like the fourth or fifth to last game of the season. And then the game after that was also against the Capitals. And that was just fight night at Madison Square Garden. But lost in all of this was the fact that, you know, they lost five games in a row and they only had one game left against the Bruins and I'm sitting down to watch it. And, you know, obviously they can't make the playoffs, but I kind of surprised myself, like how badly I wanted the Rangers to win that game. Cause it was in Boston. I don't like the Bruins. I don't think anybody who's a, not a Bruins fan would like pull for that team in a playoff series. You know what I mean? Um, so I was really into it. It was probably going to be David Quinn's last game as the coach. And of course it was, uh, but man, I, I was jacked up when they got that win there. And uh, it, it's, it's important, you know, it's important, especially for a young team like the Sanders to 
finish strong here. And again, just kind of establish that winning culture going into next season. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. And, and you hope that they can mix in a few of these, uh, these prospects up in the last few games. And that's really all they have to play for a couple of rivalry games. Like they still have another game against Montreal. You know, that's going to be chippy after what I just told you happened in the last meeting there. And those games always get off the rails. The Leafs are in town, throw the standings out of the window when they're, they're coming to town. Um, even though, man, like this pace that Matthews is on right now, like it it disgusts me how good he is at hockey. But it's uh, it's those rivalry games right now that Sens fans have to go to. And then you're just hoping. Like, funny enough, the Sens were maybe the worst expansion team of all time. I'll tell your your listeners a quick little story. Uh, 1992 was their expansion draft. So think of technology at the time. Certainly not anywhere near where it is today. They forgot a laptop charger for their their sheet, and they actually tried to draft three players who retired out of the game of hockey. So their expansion draft was just a complete gong show. They they went to Florida without their laptop charger, and that screwed them out of that. So they they let's just put it that way, a little unorganized uh, to start things off, but they were still able to build into a playoff team four seasons later. So when I mean they're officially eliminated, so now. This is the fifth straight season without playoffs. Longer than it took them from an expansion team to get to the playoffs. So next year, and the problem with Ottawa, and they back-to-back years now, their first 20 games, four wins. You're out of the playoffs right before the season even gets going. If they have a slow start out the gate next year, and of course, ownership's all in flux right now with the, the sudden passing. I shouldn't say sudden, but the passing of, of Eugene Melnick. So... I don't know what the plan is upstairs. A lot of people are interested in buying it, but Pierre Dorian right now is the ninth longest tenured GM in the National Hockey League. And yeah, he had a great run the first year where the pieces were all kind of in place for him and he goes to the conference final. But since then, man, it's it's five straight years. And then he, he shoots himself in the foot. People love to point out his quotes. The we're a team was, was a good one when he was asked what he was excited about for an upcoming season. Well, yeah, I think there's 31 other teams in the league. What makes your special? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. They are <laughs> not a team. <laughs> and then uh, this one, I kind of understand what he meant. And again, French is his, yeah. his first language. His, English is his second language. So there's maybe a little that gets lost in there. But he said the rebuild is over. And I know what he meant. There's no more pieces to ship out. Like what you've accumulated in draft capital and prospects, that's the rebuild. Right. But people took that as saying we're a playoff team now. Well, that hasn't been the case. So he, he's he's ridiculed for that, and I guess somewhat rightfully so. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I think if they have a slow start next year, heads, heads have to roll. Because if they don't make the playoffs for six straight years, now you're not rebuilding. Now you're just the Buffalo Sabres. Like it, yeah, you're... There's a lot of turnover in this league to the point where, you know, going more than like three or four years in a row without making the playoffs. I mean, I, I think there has to be some accountability for that. And I'm sure he'd be on the hot seat for that. Um, they actually there, there was something they did at the trade deadline that I wanted to ask you about. and just wanted to talk general uh, trade deadline stuff with you. Yeah, in just for a sure. second here. You know that um, the Rangers, I'm I might be waving my pom poms on your show here coming up because I've got a few futures at bet online for the Rangers here coming up in the postseason. I got them at 2,200 to one to win the cup this year. So I'm, wow. I got my pom-poms waving here for the Rangers and I love their deadline too. Dude, that is nuts. Yeah. They were definitely one of the winners of the deadline and we'll get to that in just a second. But first just want to let everybody know that today's episode of locked on new York Rangers is brought to you by built bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to built bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? 
If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And uh, we just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Senators your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And uh, Ross, we'll get back to the hockey stuff in just a second. Do you have a favorite Built Bar flavor? I like to kind of gauge, you know, the other Locked On hosts, what, what their favorites are. Yeah, so I always recommend when we do those ad reads, the 12-bar mix box because you got to oh, yeah. try each one individually. But I'm a sucker. I grew up working as a cook in a Mexican-style restaurant, so give me the churro and I do it without the caramel dip because I'm trying to, you know, listen to Bilt Bar when they say they want to make them healthy. But, man, are you ever tempted to just get out the caramel to dip these churros in because they're so tasty, man. Absolutely love them. Absolutely delicious. And uh, the the caramel apple, the, the limited time flavor they got right now, okay. not too shabby. Not too shabby. Right. I would definitely recommend that to anybody. Um, but, yeah, man, I, you know, we, we talked about, you know, obviously where the Senators are and – if they're still rebuilding or where the rebuild stands, however you want to kind of phrase it. But uh, they made a move around the deadline that I thought was a little odd. They brought in Travis Hamanick uh, for a third rounder, which I mean, like he's a good player, but you know, I looked at his contract status. I think he's a free agent the year after this one coming up. Correct. So any like logic there? I mean, just can you kind of explain what you think they might've been uh, going for with that move there? Yeah, I'll quickly hit on, are we going to get to the other trade after? Because this one was definitely the head scratcher, but I want to talk about my boy, Matty Joe, after. Holy smokes. Oh, absolutely, what a man. Player. We, got, we got time here. We can, we we, can hit on everything. We got the, the two players with the most points since the trade deadline. They put up a graphic. You probably didn't get to see the Canadian, the Hockey Night Canada broadcast, where the Sens get pushed to the third channel, uh, where they've got uh, Sportsnet gets the major game, the Leafs. Then CBC, the Canadian Broadcast Corp, gets the Habs game. And then they put Ottawa on like the third tier uh, level of that. But that aside, which we're used to, we're kind of nuzzled between Montreal and Toronto geographically. They put up uh, um, most points since the trade deadline by players that were traded. And I thought it was strange. They put Tyler Toffoli on that list. He had about a month and a half head start over these other guys. Yeah. But out of the guys who were traded on the deadline day, Mattia Joseph, Andrew Kopp, and future Ottawa Senator Claude Giroux are the three uh, that are up there. But with Travis Hamanick, head scratcher. So a little personal anecdote, had a date day planned, uh, going to the spa. I get that news, and my whole day is just thrown into a blender. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at the spa. I'm trying to figure out what the hell are they doing. Sure, it's a yeah. third-round pick, and it's not even their own third-round pick. It's Vancouver. So you're looking at what, like a mid-'80s pick? It's not, not anything to lose sleep over. And a quick aside, the Senators made a trade for Zach Sanford uh, last offseason. They ended up trading him for a fifth, but it was Sanford to Ottawa for Logan Brown and a fourth, but the fourth disappears if Logan Brown played 30 NHL games, and he played game 29 tonight. So they're probably getting that fourth rounder back. So they give up a third, whatever. But 
to target Travis Hamnick was super strange for a team that's in the position that Ottawa is right now. Signing bonus due this offseason, like that's not a Senators type pickup. A guy who's making more money than his cap hit. The Senators are a notorious budget team that gave the Rangers are a perfect example. The Senators gave up a second round pick in the Mika Zibanejad trade so yep. that New York would pay Broussard's signing bonus before the deal went through. That was that was what the draft pick was paid for. So for them to go completely opposite of what their plans usually entail, you know, you think you're like, okay, what the hell is the plan here? But after watching Travis Hamannick, he has blown me away as, as what I expected him to be. I thought he was going to be another Nikita Zaitsev, another like flat-footed defensive defenseman that can't really do much but ice the puck. He's not that. He, he's moving bodies away from the front of the net. He's doing his job. And the way Pierre Dorian explained it was, you know what? I didn't really love any of the players that are free agents this upcoming season. And if I did, like, let's say Josh Mancy, he's getting a five or six year deal, right? Oh, yeah, There's yeah. not many decent defensemen that you're going to get for a one year deal. And Ottawa has these two first round picks in the minors right now, Lassie Thompson and Jacob Bernard Docker. They're just not quite ready. So I think what he was doing is saying, hey, here's a one year buffer for a player that we like, who Jack Capuano, who's an Ascends associate coach, former Islanders head coach, had Hamannick for years there. I think he wore a letter under him. And that was when Hamannick was at his peak. Hamannick got traded for like a first and two seconds when, when he got acquired by Calgary. Like He used to be a hell of a player. Obviously, those types of players slow down a little bit quicker than the others. They're playing a little more physical. And I spoke to a Vancouver source that was saying they couldn't get rid of Hamannick quick enough, like from a locker room perspective too. But he seems like he's come in here. Didn't realize he's uh, bilingual too, which for Ottawa – it's actually a big deal. It's a bilingual city. Like all of our stop signs say arrête on it as well. Like So to have that kind of connection to the Francophone community, of course, it's not the be all end all, but uh, it was certainly a welcome addition and a welcome sign. It seems like he's fitting in well. And funny enough, they've got the vet pair back there. It's him and, and former Ranger Michael Delzato who are playing yep. together. So you know what? DJ Smith has started them in each game. Hamnick's first game was in his hometown in Winnipeg where I'm living. So I, I had my uh, ISO cam on him. I had the horse blinders on. I wanted to see what the hell this guy was all about. And you know what? I think that when you explain it that way, where it's like, it's a one-year buffer. Sure. You give up a third. They've got like three fourths and a fifth. So, and you know what, with the third, they're probably gonna take a guy ranked in the fifth round with the way they've been drafting recently. And sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't, but they certainly do not listen to the public list. And that's pretty key if you think thinking Tyler Boucher went 10th overall this past year even not many people had Jake Sanderson going fifth and now that's looking great but they've got their own thing when it comes to draft so I think they didn't really care what the pick was how funny is this though I'll throw it back to I know I've been going on uh for a while here but um Dorian this is where he gets himself in trouble he doesn't have to do this he said Vancouver wanted a fourth but they didn't have a fourth so he just gave him a third and uh, then the next day, and then the next day, they acquired a fourth in the Nick Paul trade. So it's just like, yeah, they they couldn't quite get their ducks in a row. There is no, it and it's like, like, well, okay, well, if you wanted a fourth and we only have a third, then give us back a sixth or a fifth. Like give a like get balance, something back. Yeah, yeah, balance. Uh, it's it's funny, man. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's been fitting in well to to wrap all that into a bow. Hamnick has actually been fitting in well, and you know, right shot defensemen always have that little extra value because they're they're a little rarer than than lefties so you know what very a move that i was very critical of but so far and dorian said it himself he said judge me at training camp so i'm not judging hamnick yet i'll judge him after he plays the start of next season when 
the team can't play as loose as they are now. They're feeling it. They had a couple, they had a three game win streak, which for them is wild. So, you know what? Uh, we'll see a training camp, but the Sens need to add more. Like this wasn't enough at the deadline. They have to be busy in the off season too. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think it's a situation where, you know, you could maybe even look to extend him. I mean, he's not that old. I don't want to make it sound like he's ancient. He's like 31 years old, I believe. Yep. Um, so, you know, you could always hammer out an extension with him in the offseason at or near next year's trade deadline. And if you're in a situation where, you know, the centers aren't looking like a playoff team, then maybe you flip him somewhere else and get something more back for him than the third round pick. And then it all kind of takes care of itself that way, too. So, yeah. you know, they got some options and you know, I, I think you did a nice job making some sense out of that. Because for me, that, that was definitely a head-scratcher. as kind of an outsider looking in. And Ottawa isn't the free agent destination that New York is, right? So if you have to give up something to now have a piece for next season, then that's kind of what you have to do in these small markets. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And uh, we'll continue, uh, you know, talking everything Rangers and centers. Maybe even get into, uh, you know, some I need to get into the, the Rangers, Rangers deadline, and, uh, man. What's that? I want to get in the Rangers deadline. Oh, absolutely, man. We're going to do that. I, I could talk all night about that. But first, let's let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Senators is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. And actually, Ross, I, I know we were talking right before we started recording here. You threw a couple of uh, bills down on the Rangers this year, did you not? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think I mentioned uh, during the show, too. Shout out Bet Online. That's where I do all my uh, wagering. And I just love this New York team. And you know what? It was a strategic investment as well because I saw the amount of cap space they had. I saw the prospect pool they had, and they didn't really touch their prospect pool, right? They more went with draft picks as, as the capital to get Andrew Cobb, to get Frankie Petrano, and, yep. and make these moves. And I just knew they were going to add something. And once they did, that they would their odds would, would decrease. So when, when you build from the goalie out, we're a goalie-friendly show at Locked On Senators – Igor Shosturkin's the that dude. He almost scored a goal on the Sens the last time they played. So you know what? I, I've got a ton of respect and time for him, and uh, that's the main reason. And they've got an elite power play. They have a superstar, maybe two. Mika's right on the fringe, I think, of being a true superstar. Panarin is is all that and more. So I think when you have those pieces, and then you can add, like, you tell me, man, like, who do you think is fitting in better? Because I think Andrew Kopp, you know, had more skill to begin with, but I think Frankie Vitrano is punching above his weight class even more. Like both those guys are impressing. Which one's got your attention more? I mean, they they both do. It's such a top uh, toss up. Excuse me. I, I would lean a little bit more toward Andrew Kopp, but just to kind of break down, uh, you know, everything that these guys have done since coming over to the Rangers. I mean, with Vitrano, I've been saying this the last couple of episodes. This guy is, I would say, the steal of the trade deadline season. When you consider the fact that the Rangers only had to give up a fourth-round draft pick to bring him in, I mean, that's big time. And like you said, punching a little bit above his weight class right now, uh, to be sure. Uh, but he comes in, they initially have him on the third line. You know, he gives them a little bit of depth scoring, and then they move him up to uh, the line with Mika and Kreider. And, I mean, anybody's going to benefit from playing with the two of them. Uh, but he's just been on fire. You can't keep this guy off the score sheet. And something really important that he brings to the table for the Rangers, I think, is that this guy has a lethal shot and he's not afraid to, to use it. 
Um, you know, the Rangers, they've gotten a little bit better at this this season, but the past couple of seasons, they are selfless to a fault. Nobody wants to be selfish. Everybody wants to set up their buddy for an easy tap-in goal and, you know, hashtag one too many passes, right? You know, that, that was kind of... <laughs> That was kind of the story for the Rangers in you know, the last couple of seasons. But, I mean, Frank Vetrano, man, if this guy gets a chance, he's going to let it rip. And we saw tonight, he didn't score, uh, but right at the start of the third period there, pulled the trigger about 30 seconds in, rang it right off the post. Yep. And, uh, you know, obviously came close to scoring there, picked up an assist later in the game, uh, setting up Chris Kreider for a goal. So, uh, Vetrano's been absolutely fantastic. I didn't see him necessarily as being somebody that was going to play on the first line. Uh, but now, now that he is, I, I say keep rolling with it as long as it keeps working. And you know what's super interesting in those situations is it wasn't a rebuilding team getting a draft pick, right? Like he came from Florida, maybe the most, the biggest contender, the betting favorite at Bet Online right now. So it's almost like why was he a cast off from that team? I had the exact same reaction. You know, I, I did this uh, two part special where I took a look at the 16 teams that were not in playoff position as we were approaching the trade deadline, and I tried to pick out one trade target from every single one of them. And it was obviously who was your a lot senator? I think it was Tierney no, because I saw he was a UFA. Okay. I could have helped you out with that one. I actually, I have, I have a uh, cap friendly open here. I was actually trying to figure that out. Was it Nick Paul? Recording. What's that? I feel like Nick Paul would have been a good guy. You know, I, I think I glossed over him a little bit yeah. and, you know, kind of mentioned him as a possibility, but he ended up going to, to Tampa, Tampa, to Tampa, Tampa for, Tampa, yeah. for Matthew Joseph, who I'd say is right up there with the steals of the trade deadline. He had 10 points in four games up until tonight and held off the score sheet, but speed, speed, speed with uh, Matthew Joseph. But yeah, Chris Tierney, he was, he was a good player. The first year he came from, from San Jose, he was in the Eric Carlson trade. I think he had 37 assists or something, you know, over 40 points, but he's had some back and, and knee issues. And I couldn't believe the other day I looked it up. He's 27 years old. He plays the game. Like I'm trying to think like J- Jason, Jamie Allison at the end of his career, where it's like, he is struggling to get up and down the ice. Like, the Sens, since the trade deadline, have called up players to play ahead of them right now. They, it's almost one of those like unwritten, like, okay, thank you for your service. They extended them and everything, but the numbers are still there. I could see why why in a small sample size, you'd be like, oh, yeah, Chris Tierney, centerman, he's pretty good on faceoff. But for Sens fans, he's been, he's been a bit of a whipping boy over the past year right now. Fair enough. Um I might have even thrown Nick Holden out there as well because I think he's under the contract reunion. for one more year. Yeah, and I remember talking to you guys, and you yep. said he played pretty well for the Senators. And, you know, I mean, as like a veteran defenseman, sixth or seventh defenseman kind of a guy, I, you could do worse than Nick Holden. I, I know Ranger fans were a little tough on him toward the end of his tenure, but uh, you guys kind of sold me on him as having a little bit of a resurgence there in Ottawa. So I toss him out there too. Nice. Um, yeah. The, the thing with him is, is he's playing with, well, right now he's playing with Zaita. Whoever plays with, it's funny. And this is why Hamannick isn't a bad idea on the back end. Who knows what you're going to do with uh, Zaitsev? He's got two years left on his contract. That contract, by the way, might be the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm sure Rangers fans won't hate to know it was Lou Lamorello that signed him to that contract. Seven years at 4.5. He might be the worst defenseman in the NHL. I think he has more icings than completed passes this year. I'm not even exaggerating that number. That's but not good. <laughs> whoever plays with him sucks. Yeah. Or in Shabbat's case, he's okay, but he still brings his quality down. He's an anchor out there. And whoever sure. plays with Artem Zub, the other Russian defenseman on Ottawa, is completely elevated their play. So when Holden plays with Zub, all of a sudden he's a better player. 
And then right now they've moved him with Zaitsev and now he's a worse player. So it's, it's just a tricky situation right now on the Sens back end. But to your point, like you could never have enough number five, six, seven defensemen going into a playoff run. You never know how many you're going to use. For example, when Pittsburgh beat Ottawa in that 2017 conference final, I think they used 13 defensemen to win the cup that year. And Latang was hurt for a bunch of it. You need depth on defense. Are you happy with the, the depth right now? Cause from what I saw right now, and obviously it looked like there were a bunch of number fours on defense. It may as well have been six Bobby Orr's and, and 12 number 99 Wayne Gretzky's out there tonight against Ottawa. But are you happy with the six defensemen right now? Even deeper, maybe seven, yeah. eight, nine for the Rangers? No, I'm loving it. And you know, one of the deals that they made on deadline day was to bring in Justin Braun in exchange for a third round pick. And at first I'm kind of like, Justin Braun, I mean, is he even an upgrade on any of the six guys that we have? And what they've been doing with him is, kind of rotating uh, their third pairing. They've also got Patrick Nemeth. Uh, he's a veteran that they picked up in the offseason. And then they've got Braden Schneider, 20-year-old kid, former first-round pick from a couple of seasons ago. And uh, he's played well. You know, he has a, a rookie hiccup every now and then, but for the most part, played very well for the Rangers, good physical player. Um, but, you know, I, I got to give some credit to the listeners because at first I was like, Justin Braun, eh, take it or leave it. But they made the exact same point that you just did, Ross. You know, you can't bank on these six defensemen being these six defensemen for four rounds of the playoffs that the Rangers are fortunate enough to go that far. You need a little bit of depth. You need some other options. Uh, you know, injuries are obviously going to happen, especially in the playoffs. We know how physical and how hard hitting it can be. So it's good to know that they do now have some options. I mean, they've got some, uh, they, they've got Zach Jones too. And, you know, he's obviously a young kid and has played a little bit for the Rangers this season, uh, but he is an experience. And I think people generally speaking would probably feel better about Justin Braun stepping into a playoff series than Zach, especially when you can, just played a hundred career Stanley Cup playoff games. So yeah, he was on that Sharks team, right? He was on the Sharks team that went to the Cup final in, in 2016, I think. Yeah, I do remember, you know, talking about that, that he had been to the Cup finals at least once. And I think it was with that Sharks team that I think lost to the Penguins, if I'm not mistaken, about yeah. six years ago, give or take. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. 2016, um, Murray's first Cup, Sens legend, Matt Murray. Yeah, so I, I definitely warmed up to that. And obviously he was out there uh, playing tonight. Patrick Nemeth was the odd man out of the lineup. Um, but then Andrew Kopp, you know, I know you asked me about him a minute ago and fun uh, player, you know, eh? Yeah, no, just, just a heck of a, an all around player the, the yeah. phrase that I keep using to kind of describe him, the dude's a B plus at everything. And I'm starting <laughs> to realize I might be selling him short, you know, maybe he's a B plus a minus at everything, you know, yeah. um, but he's awesome, man. He can play any three of the forward positions, play them effectively. He's really good at winning faceoffs. Uh, you can put him out there in the power play. He's a great penalty killer as well. Uh, most nights, you know, he if he doesn't lead the Rangers in penalty kill time among forwards, I mean, he's right up there. So oh, yeah. uh, he's been great. Seems to have just instant chemistry with Artemi Panarin. And for a long time this season, you know, the Rangers, their second line is always Stroman Panarin, but they've really had a revolving door on the right wing, you know, guys in and out and trying to find the right fit. Uh, he has really solidified that second line. It looks like it's going to be the three of them going forward. So I could not be happier about that. I remember seeing reports uh, on the deadline day that the Rangers for sure, it was looking like they were going to get either Raquel or cop. And I like Raquel. I think he would have been a nice pickup too. He goes to Pittsburgh, uh, mm -hmm. but I could not be happier about the fact that they picked up Andrew cop. And, you know, on the surface, it looks like he could be a rental, but the Rangers and Strom can't seem to hammer out, you know, a new long-term agreement. So I'm wondering if maybe Strom walks in free agency and the Rangers find a way to get something done with Andrew cop. It's going to be easy. RFA though, right? What's that? I think cops an RFA still. Uh, UFA. Cop, oh, I'm is he positive? Yeah, I yeah, might be. let me, let me, let me, yeah, yeah, find out. I want to say he's in the final RFA year. I could be wrong though. No, yeah, he's he's an impending UFA, so okay, he's making fair. 
3.64 million this season and certainly oh, yeah. he's gonna get a raise there but uh yeah man I, I love the fact that they've kind of got a little bit of a plan b i mean i would like to have strome back but you can't just you know have an unlimited number for him yeah. so if cop proves to be a little bit of uh you know less expensive uh signing for the rangers then that's certainly a road that they could look to go down for sure all right, once again, a big, big thanks to Mr. Ross Levitin of Locked On Ottawa Senators for joining the podcast here today, this special uh, post-game episode. And uh, just talking everything Rangers and Senators, we have part two of our conversation in our next episode. Just, again, talking general Rangers and Senators stuff and uh, looking ahead to the playoffs. And uh, for me, basically just celebrating the fact that the New York Rangers have clinched playoffs. It really does feel good to say that out loud. I know that it's pretty obvious. It's been obvious for some time that the Rangers were going to be going to the playoffs, but they got to clinch it themselves tonight. They got to clinch with a win as opposed to, you know, the Islanders losing or whatever else it might be. Feels really good. And uh, obviously Rangers going to be part of the tournament and I uh, just cannot wait for that to start. But uh, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.